not. <laughs> well, that was me adding the salt to this, and that means I can officially welcome you to Sweet But Salty, the bliss point of podcasts. <sighs> I feel like now is the time to actually explain why this podcast is called Sweet But Salty and why I always say it's the bliss point of podcasts. The bliss point concept is actually uh, a concept derived from the food industry and it means that a food contains just the right amount of salt, sugar or fat and that leads to the optimal deliciousness. So there's neither too little nor too much of anything but just the right amount of saltiness, sweetness, or richness. And that in turn leads to the release of endorphins and of dopamine and activates the reward system, which creates joy and positive emotions and the wish to repeat that whole thing. So I thought, perfecto. I really want you to come back and listen to me. <laughs> yeah, but that's the reason. Um, my podcast is called Sweet But Salty. Well, one of the reasons, um, the main reason is actually because I think it really represents who I am. Last time, in my first episode, I was very raw. <laughs> And um, quite some people actually told me that um, raw, raw, rawest is grammatically correct, but um, that you should actually rather say more raw. So I think when it came to raw, I was a little bit too inspired by that Katy Perry song. <laughs> I know it's not called raw, it's called roar, but still. Um, well, I digress. That's not what I wanted to talk about. Um, however, I'm a freak for grammar and, you know, grammatical correctness. So if you hear any mistake and you want to correct me, just go ahead. Like, I'm doing my very best, but I'm not perfect. Um, so just um, just keep sending me those DMs. <laughs> well, so sweet but salty. I think that really describes who I am. And in the first episode, I was not completely honest, I have to say. I, it just occurred to me later on that um, I said that I was always really, really good um, in terms of, you know, that I was quiet and kind of introverted and held back. And didn't really want to put myself out there. And thinking back of my time in school, that's only partly correct, I'm afraid. Well, you have to imagine that I was a ballerina. I danced ballet for, I think, five or six years of my life. And it was quite professional in the end. The last two years, I was really, really you know, into it. And I trained three times a week at a very special and renowned school. And, you know, I was on my way to becoming a professional dancer. But then, call it puberty or whatever, <laughs> something hit me. And I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. I don't want to do it anymore. So I switched from wearing pastel and white lace and outfits that my mom had picked out for me <laughs> to only wearing black. <laughs> so it didn't get much lighter than mid-gray. I was wearing black mid-gray. I put on black eyeshadow and 
I had black nails, so everything was dark, and I had very dark hair, so I was like, I looked like a ghost with my super pale skin and so much black on me. Uh, and I think I was 12 back then, so it was like a flip, like a 180 degree flip for me. And uh, I don't know, looking back, I'm just like so impressed. I was so brave for doing that. So I think I used fashion as a way to express myself. You know, all those things I couldn't say, I just kind of showed. Fashion has a very, very special place in my heart. And I think that's mainly the reason I've called this episode Pastel Black. Because I love pastel, but I also love black a lot. And I think that describes my style. When you see me, I often combine very light pieces with very dark ones and i think that baby pink pastel and deep black is like the ultimate color combination <laughs> and it's a super intense contrast but i think it really represents who i am so i've not just gone from prima ballerina to badass rock chick <laughs> but there is also other things about me that are quite contradictory i guess so i would say i'm actually very ambitious i'm a perfectionist 100 percent, and that often gets in the way of me doing things i want to do i'm very conscientious and very down to earth i think so i think the things that i want in life are very i don't want to say reasonable but um you know i want to have a solid foundation and a sense of security in my life but at the same time i also have a very dark humor <laughs> I'm kind of crazy. I hope in a good way because I try to take that and channel it into humor and creativity. I would, I hope, consider myself quite witty, but not in a overly intellectual way. I don't know. I personally don't like people who show off their knowledge. I don't know if you know what I mean, but there's people who really like, who feel great because they know quotes and whatnot. And I don't know. It's just... I'd much rather speak like a normal person and <laughs> express myself in a way that's really authentic to me. So I think I have my dark sides, but I think I actually have a good heart. I don't know. If you know me personally, you can decide, but I think I'm a kind person. The contrasts actually continue, and I think that's the perfect moment for me to tell you a little bit more about what I do, because... In this podcast description, I actually wrote that I'm a badass unicorn princess, a pro-defluencer, and a lockdown real artiste, uh, which is, <laughs> in part, that's true. But in my first episode, I also talked about the fact that I'm a designer, which is correct. I studied communication design, but I also have a bachelor's degree in psychology because I couldn't decide design is very creative and it's practical so in design you always start with something and you can be 100% certain that you're going to have a product in the end that you can actually look at and in most cases also take into your hands and interact with it psychology is actually quite the opposite of that so it's very theoretical obviously very scientific and very much focused on data and collecting information about people and that information is obviously quite abstract so while i was studying design i just had a feeling that i needed another type of input 
some theoretical background. So I went for psychology and actually I'm not mad about it, but I think what I created doing that, studying both at the same time, was actually the ultimate contrast because design is very much about freedom and thinking outside of the box, while psychology is very normative. The basic concept behind psychology itself is that you take a group of people, you give them the same type of test, and then you create the average of all participants. So in the end, you have one result, and that is the average of all the people that you tested. That is very standardized, and it's very normative. So I basically created this contrast and this contradiction I think that both fields of study really represent parts of me, but I feel a lot more at home in the field of design. I can say that now. It took me a while to like to reflect on all things I've learned from both aspects of my studies, but I think design is really the way for me to go because as I said in the last episode, you really combine that analytical and strategic thinking with creativity, and that's a lot who I am. Well, at the moment, I study something completely different because I study an MBA program in entrepreneurship and business development. (laughs) So it's like a completely different direction, but uh, it just feels completely right. I'm so, so happy with it. And I just wanted to gain that perspective that I was completely lacking. And that's the business side of things. And that's really what I want in my life to prepare me for my future. Well, one thing I also want to talk about is actually the insecurity I felt just before I launched this podcast. I worked on this quite intensely, you know, getting everything ready getting my accounts set up, getting uh, my picture taken by my mom. She did a great job, I think. Editing those pictures and, you know, choosing the fonts, doing the design parts and actually planning the episode. I recorded about, I don't know, 20 different first episodes (laughs) because I just wanted to get that one right. Yeah, so I put a lot of effort into this and I actually told people about it. And one day before the launch, I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm not going to do it. Ah, it's too much. It's too complicated. I'm putting so much pressure on myself. And that's the last thing I want. I just want this to be fun and lighthearted and just a way for me to talk about things I care about. So I just had that feeling that I should just let it be and just go on with everything else, with my studies, with my soon job, hopefully. I don't know. I was just a little bit disheartened, I guess. So when I felt like that, I actually asked myself, what do I need right now? And the answer, which is basically my answer in 99% of the cases, was writing. (laughs) So I literally just opened up a pages document and just started writing. And I wrote, I think, a whole page of All the thoughts that were in my head, all the insecurities, all the fears I had, the nervousness... I then decided to create a pro and contra list, which is totally my thing. (laughs) I make lists for everything. And to be honest, just getting that out of myself was great. And after I wrote that down, I did something completely different. I just laid down, looked through Instagram, listened to music. I just tried to get my head, you know, focused on something else. And then I came back to this and I just did it. 
I did all the things that were still to do, like finding a way to export that YouTube video, uh, which was kind of tougher than expected. I just did it, you know? I am now super happy about that because I feel very aligned and I feel very much in my power. And I think that's always the moment when you know that you're on the right track. When you do it and just feel that it's right, Sometimes that means that beforehand you're really nervous and beforehand you struggle and you feel insecure. But when you do it, that feeling is what counts. You know, when you've taken the step and then you take a look at what's going on inside of you. So my advice would be just do it. I'm a Nike fan. <laughs> I really am. Yeah, so I thought I want to share something with you from my five-year memory journal. I love collections. There's many things I love. I think I have the weirdest obsessions. I don't know. I'm just such a freak in some regards, but I love collecting things and I, well, meaningful things, not like bullshit stuff. Are you allowed to say bullshit on this? I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, I want to collect meaningful things and I think that memories are the most meaningful thing you can collect. So I got myself this little book called five-year memory journal and i got it back in 2018. basically there's one page for every day of the year and you have the room to write something down as an answer to the same question for five years in a row so right now i'm in my fourth year actually of writing this and it's so cool because you can look back on what you felt and thought three years ago or so and today's well it's not a question but today's sentence is actually advice i would give to myself at this time a year ago i think that's really deep like advice i would give to myself a year ago when i was really 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 miserable is just keep going keep going stay positive i know it's hard and rely on yourself and your power, and the wonderful people you have in your life. Because sometimes when we don't feel good, it's hard for us to trust anyone because we don't trust ourselves, so we can't really trust anybody else. And my advice would be try by all means to keep that faith in yourself, in God or in other people. I don't know what exactly you believe in, but try to be hopeful and keep your head up. Now I think we're nearing the end of this episode, so I want to take the chance and thank you very much for your feedback on the first one. Um, I'm actually going to make an episode on the meaning of first names and on perfectionism. I'm really excited about those. But for today, I actually received a very, very special request. <laughs> it's a very interesting topic, to be honest. Um, my cousin called me and he said... I want you to talk about this. Building cranes. <laughs> yep, he wanted me to talk about building cranes. So I took to the internet, as you do, and typed in building cranes. And uh, because I take my research very seriously, I literally went to the first homepage that Google showed me and just read what it said on there. Um, <laughs> the website is called science.howstuffworks.com. Perfect. And they have a really cool article that's called How Tower Cranes Work. 
So I thought I'm going to give you a very short summary on how tower cranes work. Summaries at school for the win. I was quite good at that, so totally pays off now. <laughs> I've summarized uh, what they said on that website. So tower cranes arrive at the construction site on tractor trailer rigs. So they're not assembled, they're in parts and they arrive there. Then mobile cranes are used to assemble the jib and the machinery section of the crane, which are then placed on a mast consisting of two sections, and then counterweights are added. And the mast has a solid foundation and is stable because of its triangulated structure. Very interesting, because if you know a little bit about statics or so, you know that triangles are the most stable structure. Interesting. And I'm going to read a literal quote from the page, which says, To rise to its maximum height, the crane grows itself one mast section at a time. So the crane itself builds itself <laughs> higher up and all parts of it are transported where they belong by its own force. And you can either call me a complete idiot or a genius for this, but I see a very deep message behind this and sort of a metaphor for life. I think we all start out small. We don't really know who we are. We kind of recognize parts of ourselves, but there's no like feeling of wholeness maybe. And then we need help from other people. We need assistance from the outside to kind of assemble our parts, to get ourselves together. Once we're strong enough, and once we feel like we have our stuff <laughs> together, we can use ourselves and our skills and our talents and the things we're good at to grow and to grow into a direction that we want to go. So I don't know if I've taken this too far, but I just think, I don't know, I think it's a really, really nice metaphor for personal growth. So thank you to my cousin, you know who you are, um, for this topic. It's actually a lot deeper than I thought. Well, keep your ideas coming. I am more than open to incorporate them in my episodes. Uh, you can check out my Instagram. I'm at World of Vila on Insta, and I post visual content that goes with my podcast episodes. So if you want to check that out. And I also post some random lockdown reels <laughs> when I'm in the mood. Uh, it's so much fun. It's ridiculous, but uh, yeah, well. All right, so I have something very, very special planned for the next episode. So make sure to tune in again. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and... Have a wonderful rest of your day or evening or night, wherever you are. Catch you soon.